Okay, welcome to part three. Welcome to Relatable Rambles, guys. We are here again with Audrey. And the last time that we spoke to her, we left off with she had gotten married to a Dutchman, right? Danish. Danish, thank you. Danish. Mm -hmm. And you were living in Amsterdam. Then you had moved Mm -hmm. back to the United States. And Mm -hmm. you got a divorce, right? Mm -hmm. You found out about cheating and that kind of thing. And that Mm -hmm. is where we last left off with Audrey. So. Okay. There we go. So, okay. So let me see if I can pick up where I left off. Hmm. Well, uh, everything was pretty boring after that for a long time. I went to um, junior college, found out I am not stupid. Such a relief. (laughs) (laughs) Just needed to do a lot of extra work, um, which I was really willing to do and felt like that was a really safe place to do it. There was a lot of people that had, you know, it wasn't as focused on individual success. You had a lot more anonymity in junior college. Mm -hmm. And so I did junior college, then college, graduated cum laude. Um, So was very relieved and very surprised that I was actually uh, not stupid. And I had a a quick question. So because so you quit high school at 15. And because you went to junior college, is that how they allowed you into a university? Because I know yeah, with, without a diploma, with, high yeah, school diploma, yeah, how did you that didn't work? have to get your GED or anything. Well, I I faked my transcripts. Got it. Okay. <laughs> As if I had gone to school in 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 Holland. Oh, so, in Holland. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay, so okay. I had switch. I had just made them look like that and. Then I was able to go, and then eventually I went to a four-year college and graduated cum laude and, and was feeling pretty good about myself with a double major. And, and yeah, I was just working and being successful and having a pretty good life, very conservative in many ways, didn't drink or party or do anything, um, very focused, and went about that for, you know, nearly a decade, and then um then i my life went completely off the rails <laughs> mm. and it's hard for me to talk about because when you're talking about it from being a a child it's something that's done to you yeah and it's a lot more forgivable but when you do something as an adult it is very hard to forgive yourself Um, and I still really struggle with that. And I don't know if there will be any amount of time and it makes me tear up any amount of time that will heal that wound when you hurt yourself as an adult and you, and you hurt the people around you. And, you know, like I mentioned before, the difference between right and wrong, Mm -hmm. it's so painful and I can't. I can't talk enough about the weight of shame and remorse and guilt. I think especially as a parent, it is excruciating. We have this tiny window of time to raise these human beings. 
And, you know, we get so much information, you know, the first three months, the first five years, you got to do it right. You got to do it perfect. You got to not fuck up. You got to read to them. You got to do this. And, and then when you know you fucked up, you're like, wow, what, what, what have I done? And so there is no, I can't imagine, I can't imagine a day. God, it's just going to make me cry where I don't feel such regret and such pain and unfortunately so much Mm self-loathing even though if you were to like take a one gallon pitcher and you were to fill it with a liquid of self-loathing that's where I had it for so long and that pitcher has definitely has less in it now but it is always sitting around in a dark day waiting to fill up again Mm -hmm. (laughs) by itself. And you just can't, Mm -hmm. I, I have a hard time controlling that, but I was going along very well, super good, you know, fairly good relationship with my family. Um, My mom had, had started to settle down quite a bit. Um, A lot of resentment still, but still, um, you know, able to have a relationship with her. But then I, I, I always really loved to dance. That was like my love. Um, and so I would go down to San Francisco a lot and go to clubs and I didn't even drink, didn't even drink, like wouldn't do anything. People would be doing all their wild, crazy, you know, Uh recreational (laughs) stuff. I could dance into the next morning. Nothing. No caffeine. You are our kind of people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No Red Bull, no nothing. Just I just wanted to have a good time. Um, and so there was this really hot foreign guy that was such a good dancer. Oh my god, he was just amazing and uh so exotic and and um spoke like four languages and was really, you know, super fascinating and mm-hmm. I uh I, yeah, picked him out. Bless his heart. I didn't uh, give him even a chance. <laughs> I said, one. no, no, no. Yeah, we're going to do this. Um, and then uh, I ended up getting um, pregnant, which I didn't think I actually could. So I was very surprised. Um, I was also 30. And so I was really wanting to just, you know, I felt like, I felt like, I felt like I could tell when I got pregnant, which is very odd. And then I felt like I knew the person inside me and that would be my daughter. And I felt like I knew her. So I, I wasn't an option for me. Mm-hmm. Although everyone, including my mother was like, you should get an abortion, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so right, right as I got pregnant, um, realized that that's probably not the relationship for me because uh he had started to really party and he had actually um started to do um I found out about six months in that he was doing methamphetamines or crystal meth which is like a level above the regular stuff and um he had come from another country where he was a um he had political or religious asylum in the United States um, and had been through 
really crazy stuff like uh civil war had escaped his country um at at 14 so very similar very intricate but so broken so broken i think what the original person had been this incredibly soft kind soul that saw too much and when they did drugs it was like became this black soul. Mm. And that's another thing about, I would say about people who do drugs. It's, it's like their light goes out. It's like their soul is darkened and they become people. I don't think who they are truly at all. It's really an epidemic, as you know, in our country. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's funny you may not be old enough to remember when um, Nancy Reagan was just say no to drugs. I mean, I've, you know, I've seen the, you know, like history channel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I remember the campaign. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. We used to all laugh at her, you know, like, but really, actually that's a really good campaign. Just say no, yeah. because it's going to fuck you up and it's going to take your life and it's going to take the life of everyone around you. And it's, and, and those drugs have gotten stronger and, and, and more devastating and and it's it is an epidemic it's a crisis in our country um so he just got became another person and he became very violent um very unpredictable very scary um you know um abusive uh, physically abusive um we weren't really together but he would come and 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 show up and then leave and then not show up and I'm pregnant and I'm kind of like losing my marbles at this point. Um, it was somehow it was revalidating when he would tell me I'm worthless. I'm unlovable. No one will ever love you. I have no mercy for you. Somehow it was more comforting than painful. Yes. It was, the, it was retelling me the message I already believed right. about myself, even though I had had these 10 years of like really good success. I mean, and I just, um, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is that we do. It's a very interesting thing where you, you lose sight of yourself. And for me, there was a lot about if I knew where he was, it was less dangerous mm. or less scary than not knowing where he was. Mm. So you almost, I, I was, I would keep the engagement, keep it going. And then of course, you know, little old me, I, I just thought, Oh, I, I you know, you need a mom and a dad. And I just had this American dream in my head and I was definitely picking on the wrong guy. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that there's something to, you know, your level of like, even if he was abusive or um, violent in any way, it was a comfort to you because, you know, little Audrey was used to the abuse or used to the, Mm -hmm. you know, 
instability and that's what was comforting, you know, and little Audrey, that's just what she knew, you know? So for you having a man say, you know, that you're worthless or you're nothing or be violent or be abusive, you're like, Oh yeah, that that's that sounds yeah. right because that's that's yeah. how I grew up. Yeah. Yes, the whole yeah, nature that, versus nurture thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this is normal. This feels normal. This right. feels right. Yeah. This is familiar. God, it just makes me want to cry because it's just so sad but, that but anyone trauma. should but feel that's that way. Trauma, you know. That's, yes, that that is yeah. how it, trauma yeah. works, and it's awful. Yeah, and it was interesting because at one point. You know, I fought physical with physical because to me, physical is less painful than words. Yeah. I you, go ahead and hit me and I'll, I'll hit you back. But let me tell you, don't call me a bitch or don't, you know, like that kind of stuff is like, let's escalate it to physical because I can't handle the words. The words, the words were, were poison to my soul. Like it was, it was getting me. And I, I just, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. Probably because so you one, were just as mean to yourself and you were already hearing those things oh, you yeah. know, in your own mind and you couldn't escape it. So it was just another layer if someone else, or it was just, it was more validating if someone else was also yes. telling you those things. Yes. And that's the last thing that you wanted to hear, especially little Audrey. All she wanted to hear was that she was smart or she was important or that she was smart for it, you know? And <laughs> yeah. so if someone else... And lovable. Is, yeah, exactly. And so if just someone else... to be else, smart and lovable. <laughs> right. And if someone else is sitting there telling you that you're not, then that hurts yeah. a lot, right? The physical, The physical pain heals, whereas the other stuff, especially if yes. you had been holding on to it, that doesn't go away quickly. Yes, you got it right there. The physical heals and the other doesn't. Yes. Yeah. So he would go off and come back and, and, and terrify me and all those things. And I ended up, um, having, um, my daughter and, um, pretty much had gotten him out of here, um, had a restraining order against him, um, that I unfortunately let lapse, stupid, stupid, stupid. Um, and so at one point, um, my daughter was just born and, um, maybe, maybe a couple months old. Um, yeah, a couple months old. Yeah. She was a couple months old and, um, I was living by myself with her and he showed up, he kicked my door in and, um, he, he had been terrorizing me constantly. Like I was so afraid, so afraid all the time, but I was getting to the point where I was like, uh, no, I'm like, get away. Um, especially once I had her, it was so easy. It was like, get you're at, yeah. no. And I would say, you can see her. Of course, if you're sober, like I, I don't have an issue with it, but you can, he couldn't do that. So he was just getting, the physical transformation too of him, his appearance was really intense, like becoming very sunken and dark. I and, mean, and you see yeah. like a, just even just a Google image of someone who's on crystal Ooh. meth. I mean, yeah. they all look the same. Yeah. Like it's, wow. I mean, it, it was crazy. And he was a, like, a, 
What's that, Mandy? Sunken. You used the word. Yes. Is the perfect way to describe that. Yeah. Yeah. Very scary. Very scary transformation. And you can see the crazy. You can see it. And it was like, whoa, now we're on a whole nother level. And he was a um, martial artist. He had been a stunt. Yeah. So it did not help because he was very physical. and, and, And so he kicked in the door. We rolled through the house, you know, like, and um, at one point we were in the kitchen and he had me on the floor and he was choking me. And I remember thinking to myself, I am going to miss it. I'm going to miss her first word. I'm going to miss her first step. I'm going to miss kindergarten. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it. And in my, I reached backwards, I flung my hand back and hit him in the face and, oh, I had grabbed the phone, dialed 911, he had ripped it out of the wall, Um, but I guess it was enough that they knew where I was. Oh, landlines, baby. Yeah. Yeah, thank (laughs) freaking God, right? Yeah. So I remember, though, that the light, like, narrowing, 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 so so there was very little most of my peripheral vision was black and so I flung my hand back and I I busted his lip open and and then uh, the police it's it's very hard to understand but at some point the police came right um I had my you know two month maybe a little over two month old daughter um all this chaos I called my dad um, and get ready because his lip was split open, took me to jail. <gasps> yep. So your restraining order had lapsed at this point? Yep. <laughs> they didn't, uh, what? Oh my God. Okay. So nursing, hang so, on. two month old baby. And here I look like a regular human being. Well, you must have. I look like a regular human being. Yeah. You must have had some marks on your neck. I mean. Nope. What? Didn't how, show yet. How, oh, oh, didn't show, didn't yet. show yet. yet. Yeah. So, Hang on. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. We, we yeah. will have yeah. questions. Okay. Please okay. continue. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Took my baby out of my arms. I can't. I can't. I can't, you guys. It's so hard. Um, okay. Took my baby out Take of my time. arms. Put me in a police car. Booked me into jail. And I was there three days and I was doing something and my neck by then was one solid bruise. And one of the guards said, what's going on? And I said, that's the bruising. And she's like, oh, uh -uh. uh-uh, uh-uh. She got me in in front of the judge and released that same day. Wow. Yeah. But something in me, something in me broke. Like, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't. Something in me broke. I couldn't get away from him. I didn't trust the police. I was constantly worried where he was, what he was doing. Um, I couldn't get him away. And the feeling that, the police would 
make it worse, like it didn't go away. Like I was terrified of everything. I was terrified of everything and I couldn't sleep and I would sleep with her like in my armpit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. full on mama bear. Mode. I, <laughs> no wonder yeah. she's so full like, don't bear. touch me. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. That's why she's very much like, oh my God, get the fuck off me. Because like, I was like too, this. She's too much smothering as a young, <laughs> young <Yeah>. child. <laughs> when we, I mean, I just lost, I just, I broke, I broke. And so uh, interesting enough, I started drinking. I couldn't sleep. So that's how it first started. Um, I would, um, my stepdad had told me, Hey, why don't you like have some tequila at night, Mm. you know, and that will help you sleep. And I'm like, fucking great idea. You know? So I started that. And once I started that, it gave me such a feeling of bravado, such a feeling of, mm, like I'm uh, okay. Now I, now I feel tough. Now I feel tough. And, um, it, it went very quickly in a very short period of time. I was drinking completely alcoholically, like bad, like pass out, driving drunk, um, jeopardizing my daughter. Um, I finally was able to, um, get him, um, arrested which was great. Um, but it, I had to like, uh, there's so much I had to do. Like it was so, was so much more than I had the skill set to do mm-hmm. in that broken state of mind. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I was, I couldn't cope. So it just kind of escalated. And I, I ended up losing my house I was in a tent with her in the Russian at the Russian River. I mean, just mm-hmm. it was just like I had no coping mm-hmm. capabilities at all. And um I don't know really kind of what happened, you know. I was I was doing a lot of I just couldn't get out of it. And it was about about almost three years of that, of just bad, bad, bad. And I, I, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. I had, I had started drinking so heavily that I, I couldn't do, I couldn't live without it. I just Mm -hmm. couldn't. And it was really confusing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and gross because I knew, I knew, I knew I was doing the wrong thing and I I'm so lucky I'm the luckiest human being on the planet I swear to god I have the best luck I don't know what happened so eventually CPS got involved thank god thank god I'm not an anti-CPS person I am a pro-CPS person because they really did want to take care of Natasha first and then they wanted to take care of me. And to me, I was like, take care of me? Please take care of me. Someone, <laughs> you know, finally, like, please. Yeah, yeah, nobody else is. Can somebody yeah. please help me? Like, tell me the steps. I need a path. I need someone to tell me 
what do you do next? Because I don't know. And I am just swirling the drain here. I am going down in this drain. And um, luckily, 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 they got involved. And at one point, they they said, we, you know, we, we're going to we're going to take your daughter. You know, you, you, you can't keep doing this. And I said, good, good. Do it. <laughs> But what do you want to do with me? And they said, well, you can do a one-month rehab or you can do a three-month rehab. And I said, put me in the three months. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, good. And so they gave my mom custody of my daughter for those three months. And, um, you know, uh, I went to a women's rehab program that was harsh was hard it was you know part of the thing that you had to do some people had their kids there is you they wanted you to babysit or babysit other people's kids and I'm like no don't put me with other people's kids right now because I'm dying inside I can't I can't do this life don't make me be responsible for someone else's children Mm -hmm. and um so I did that three-month program, um, and um, after I got out, I was able to um, have N- Natasha again, <laughs> and um, but she, you know, she had been hurt. She had been hurt. I had really fucked fucked up, and she has was as as you know very had taken on the adult role how old was she at, at, at this point four, she, she was three three okay oh four i'm sorry four 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 okay yeah i'm sorry four because she had <clears throat> she had started like a tk a, a preschool preschool okay um uh, uh with my mom uh, but for her, it was also really painful because not only was I effed up, but my mom still drank, and so did my stepdad. So then, you know, she was with them, and so that that constant pain of these are adults who I cannot trust, mm-hmm. who have a priority greater than myself called alcohol. Mm-hmm. I I see her as being you know, the classic adult child of an alcoholic, that real sense of control where you just control things so tightly because the adults in your life weren't um, reliable, you know. Like yourself. Exactly how you had to have your childhood too. Yeah. Yeah. So I was able to you know, put together uh, a couple of years of sobriety and um, started getting my feet underneath me. You know, things were doing really good and then made the mistake of going up. Were you living with your mom at that time? No, no, no. I have my own place. Yeah, that I cannot do. Could not ever do. No, no, no. We don't do that. So the two years of sobriety, was Natasha still with your folks? No, with me. She was with you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Soon as I was out of the rehab they put me yeah yeah um and we were doing really really good and then I went to Thanksgiving and I at 
my mom's house and I don't know, I just, I just, I was so uncomfortable. I was so raw and so faced with my trauma that I snuck some wine. Mm. And I had one week of severe drinking, like severe, like don't, luckily um, my mom kept, kept Natasha and I, I drove home, but I mean, I, I just don't get how they let me drive home. I don't get, for me, I don't get the lack of intervention by my family. Well, but they were also, I, so they yeah. didn't think anything were, of it. They were the right? ones that said, yeah. take that tequila, yeah. go sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So go, go that, on, that was, that was yeah. how they lived. So why why would they feel the need to intervene? Yeah. But it was so bad. And it was just like, I, I, I felt so bad that, that there was no... <sighs> I felt so bad that even though alcohol had put me so far down, it was still a relief. I, I, that's, that's how sad that was. And I just didn't know how to cope. I had no coping skills and I had no self-esteem at all. And that was really a bad place to be. <laughs> and I have a lot of you know, I know this is an odd saying, but it is one that's very true, whether, whether, whatever God is to you, but there, but for the grace of God, go I, when I see people in, in the throes of addiction or alcoholism, you know, one of the things that I tell people when, when I share is about that line to drinking, to alcoholism or whatever that is, is an invisible line. It is invisible. You do not know where that line is to cross. It is, it is something that could anyone at one point say, hey, if you're not careful, you'll cross that line right. or, you know, you'll go over that edge. It's completely invisible. You don't know where it is until all of a sudden you've crossed it. And you're like, what? Whoa. How? Wait. How did I get here? How? Yeah. yeah. Because as you know from my story, I was really never drank. Right. I've never, I've never had a Long Island iced tea. I've never had a Cosmopolitan. I've never had a Martini. I've never, like, I've never. It was, it. My drinking was a, a elixir. It was a pill. It was a, it was a cough syrup. It was whatever that. What I mean is, it was a medicinal thing. Yeah. It was not for fun. It was not for having a good time. It was to numb my brain. Yeah. It was completely about how can I function through the day? I can't without this. And it was staggering. And it was amazing how in those three years, it just went from being a non-drinker to a raging alcoholic who could not manage without it. And I, when I got sober, there was so much to contend with. <laughs> there was so 
much to contend with. It was so overwhelming. So I think when I first did the first two years before I relapsed, it was very much about, it wasn't about healing. It was just about not drinking. And I don't think that when you drink or use as, as a medicine, just not doing it anymore is enough. You have to unpack all of those things that got you there in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I do think that there are alcoholics that have just enjoyed it so much that, and they cross that invisible line. That's not the same alcoholism. The alcoholism that I experienced was, this is the magic elixir. Yeah. This is the way that you get through it. And so I, of course I relapsed. Of course I relapsed. That makes so much sense right. now with 20 years of sobriety. Sure, because you I know Exactly, the yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the next time, so I... I drank so hard that I was like hallucinating. I mean, bad, bad, Hmm. bad. And, um, as I mentioned, my Natasha was with my, my mom. And, um, I remember dragging myself over to my neighbors and I said, I need to go to an AA meeting because in the rehab we had done AA Hmm. and I was like, I, I'm going to kill myself. This is, this is so bad. Mm-hmm. And they took me, dropped me off. And immediately, <laughs> immediately I was embraced with people who were like, let's get you some sugar. You need sugar because there's so much sugar content in alcohol that you, that's part of the, the withdrawal is the sugar. So apple cider, Reese's peanut butter cups, And then they did not let me out of their sight. (laughs) And so begun like this really incredible journey of healing that I really don't believe would have been possible for me without that process. And there's people that will tell you that 12 steps have saved their life whether it be, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Food Anonymous, Sex Anonymous, whatever those are. And for me, those that process was a life-saving process. But what I had was a desperation like never before. Because I, I was and am madly in love with my daughter. There is no one that I like more on the planet. Mm. I think she's hilarious. <laughs> I think she's a shit. I love that. Yeah. I just, and I, all I wanted was to do it right. For her at first, for her at first, that's all I wanted mm. was to be a good, a good mom and break that, chain and she was so smart that I couldn't bear her knowing look Hmm. her knowing look like that kid she 
she was so smart and so intelligent and so in touch and so in tune that I just, you know, so she's gone to a kajillion AA meetings because one of the really great things about AA is there are moms in there and there are dads in there and those kids, they get, you know, they are welcome. They are welcome and they are loved and they are given a sense of community just like I was. And so I got a sponsor who had had a lot of time, um, very opposite of what I think I would work with, you know, like just this hardcore, you know, they call them AA thumpers, like, cause there's a book, a big book, they call it the book of AA by the book lesbian out of, you know, just a toughie, a toughie. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you think you're going to do that? Yeah. I don't think you're going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) And I was so willing, I was so willing, but what was really important to me was even though I'd had relationship like with my friend whose mom let me stay there and, and my sister-in-law, um, I really didn't have um, that nurturing female. And the women that were had more time than me, um, they were very loving and very nurturing. And most importantly, had been through exactly what I had been through. They had fucked up. They had done bad things as moms. They had compromised the health and safety and well-being of their children And we're still smiling and laughing and getting married and having Mm. jobs and having great relationships with their children. It was just so inspiring. And they, like I said, the sponsor that I had, she was like, yeah, we're going to do this. And a lot of people don't realize that you are doing a very intense inventory of your soul in that program and they don't realize that it's a lot of writing it's a lot of talking so for you know 15 years I met with a sponsor once a week or I sponsored someone went to meetings um did all those things a lot of writing you I mean binders of you were talking recently about journaling Mm -hmm. yeah Mm-hmm. You know, every little thing that you felt, you were writing about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was clarifying. You know, simple things like at work, you know, so-and-so pissed me off. That That's what we call fourth step. I'm resentful at, they did, blah. My part is, mm-hmm. makes me feel like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, my part is, you're like, whoa, I have a part in all this? Mm-hmm. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ownership, like what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, as you kind of work through, you begin to unburden yourself with the weight because I used to have the shame, guilt, and remorse. The shame. Oh my God. Shame is a big word. Mm-hmm. You know, shame is, I don't know if we do enough today to address shame um it is intense it is 
if some if I didn't have my daughter, I would not be here. But I had something that I desperately wanted enough to do the work because otherwise the shame can eat you alive. And I remember I would I would try to avoid any drive time. Because if I was driving, this brain was you're a piece of shit. How could you? You're you don't deserve anything. Blah blah blah. You're unworthy. Mm-hmm. No one will ever like that that cassette and I'm gonna you know, age myself there, (laughs) (laughs) kept playing over and over and over and over and over. And, you know, I, I know that, you know, um, I know at first that was playing so loud on repeat. And then as I kept working, you know, it would only play at certain times and then it would get less volume you know, it wasn't as loud. And, Mm -hmm. and so you start to feel better about yourself and you start to work through all these issues that are current and past. And you're most importantly, I think is you are completely transparent. You, you're, and you're taking accountability where there is some, and of course, sometimes there just isn't mm-hmm. like that little nine-year-old me that was sitting outside on the table telling me that I'm it, that, that, that I don't have a role in that, but there's other things I have a role in and taking that accountability and being transparent and being willing to work on yourself and get through that stuff. Eventually, you know, I started to heal and make different choices and do different things and do things that made me feel good about myself and made me feel good about being a parent. And I would say that the gallon today, that gallon picture of shame, mm-hmm. it, it, it's still there. It's sitting there on the countertop waiting for any time I want. Fill that thing right up to the top. And, and I have to work really hard to avoid that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, when you see maybe your child go through something, you're like, oh, it's my fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did that. It's, you know, and, and that may or may not be true. It may or may not be true. Um, I don't know. And also, it's also, you learn in AA that a lot of stuff isn't your business. What people think of you, it's none of your business. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's none of my business. So being being a parent is a very fine line of what is your business and what isn't your business as they evolve into their own person. You know, I was a strict parent <laughs> because I wanted to avoid any repeat. Um, and, um, I eventually did meet someone that, you know, does love me unconditionally and thinks highly of me in spite of all of that. Mm -hmm. And, um, had a couple of children that I became the stepmom to. And, 
um, have had a great relationship with, but that feeling of shame, it just, I don't think it'll ever leave me. And the feeling of regret, it will never go away. Never go away. So like, I don't share with people at work. They know I don't drink, but they don't know why I don't drink. Then they can speculate or do whatever they want. It's none of my business. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very private about it um, in the bigger world because I have a very forward-facing position that's very can be very political, very... Um, it's very delicate how I behave, how I present myself, how I speak, what I do, um, what I post, what I don't post. It's all very um, public. So I, 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 I'm very conservative with what I tell people. Um, I, I travel, so I haven't been going to um, as many AA meetings. Every once in a while, I'll go to one on the road just because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. More fun than sitting in a hotel room. Sure. But I do imagine that when I, um, when things slow down, that, that that is something that I would go back to just because it is a great way of processing. And I highly recommend that anyone with any type of addiction, whether it even be Al Anon, it is powerful, powerful work powerful work like Mm -hmm. it it will change your life it will change how you interact in your life and what your tolerance is with other people because let me tell you my tolerance for people is (laughs) is is different right yeah you I I respect people I actually love people I do love people but I'm only gonna let you in now right like you gotta you're only going to come in to so close to me now because otherwise you got to go. And one of the great things about being sober was I was single for a long time, 13, 13 years, pretty much. And that was really empowering. I really felt that when I did get into the relationship I have, it was still challenging because I didn't know what a relationship looked like. I had to learn it from married at first sight, but um, <laughs> I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't sure. know how to speak respectfully. I didn't know how to not call names. I still blow it, you know. I didn't know how to not escalate mm-hmm. right up to from zero to 60 in half a second. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn, but, but, Somehow I got the perfect person to learn that with, and that that is amazing. So my life has changed. I have a highly successful career. I have, you know, um, monetary, I'm in good standing. I've, you know, managed to now have three adult children that are all doing well. Um, but the, the pain, it's there. It's there. It will always be there. If I had to do over, I just wish that I had treated that precious child 
as she deserved. That is the most painful thing in the world. And I, I know a lot of times she'll say, it's okay. It's all right. But I remember saying that to my mom. Mm -hmm. And so I worry that it's not genuine or I worry that it's because she doesn't want me to feel bad. And sometimes I'd rather she just say, fuck, (laughs) you know, what the fuck were you thinking, (laughs) stupid fucker? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) How could you, how could you do that to me? You know, but you just kind of go with, I gotta, I gotta let her have her own process, but I, I hope with all of my heart that she knows that that is not a reflection of who she is or what she deserved and that what I did simple was wrong. I, Just wrong. I know her and I know that she, I, I know that she knows, you know, that she knew that it was never, ever, ever, ever her fault. Like, you know, I just, it really, really shows that, like, I mean, you were dealt such a shitty hand as a kid, you know, such a shitty hand. And in parenting, like even, you know, for your mom, like, I think about this all the time for parents, you're an imperfect person trying to teach somebody how to be a person. Like it's (laughs) so hard. How do you, like, you think even the parents that quote unquote have their shit together, right? Fuck their kids up in one way or another. And you are not the only one who probably questions that. I, even my, my own dad will say things like, well, I hope I didn't do anything to like, (laughs) you know, it's just, it's scary, right? Because you are in charge of making sure that, you know, these humans grow up to be okay humans. Like that is, that is the hardest job on the planet. Like literally the hardest job on the planet. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I just, I, yeah, I mean, you are unfortunately a victim of your circumstance, you know, but the fact that you were able to find a community and a, you know, treatment, you know, in AA and Uh come out of it. I mean, that says a lot about you and your character, you know, that you were able to pull yourself out of it and the depth of love that you have for your daughter, you know, and yeah, Obviously, yes, it was her, but then at some level, the, the, the willingness to even care for yourself to make sure that you could care for her. I mean, that's huge, you know, to even be yeah. able to recognize, to be able to do that, you know. And I think even adult you also really wanted that help, you know. You, little you wanted the help with the homework you know, yeah. an adult, you wanted the help to like, help me figure this out, help me, you know, and they did, you know, like you said, you walked yes. into that AA meeting and they're like, we got you, you know, yeah. I think that essentially they your, did. your whole life you had been searching for that. Yeah. yeah. 
they say we're gonna love you till you can love yourself <laughs> so great wow yeah and that's pretty yeah I mean, that's pretty incredible. yeah I mean I, it's pretty great it's pretty great you know the the thing that you know like my the kids they I know sometimes they feel like I've been hard on them and and because I'm like, you're going to do your homework. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be at school. Sure. You're going to have a job. You're going to dress. You're going to have your shit together. We're going to sit down at the table every morning and we're eating breakfast. Mm -hmm. Like, no, nothing about it. Like, like an, almost like an overcorrection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, an overcorrection. Yeah. And I know they thought that I was strict, but I, I just wanted for them to have what, you did. what I didn't have. Yeah, yeah. And I know sometimes that was maybe came across as a little rigid, but I, I just wanted them to feel good about themselves. Yeah. I wanted them to feel like they had opportunity and, and, and that's it. Like opportunity, you know, like I, I know how to show up on time. I know how to dress. I know how to turn something in on time. I know how to be a teammate. I know how to, I just, I feel like those things create opportunities for our youth. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted him to have that. So I know they think I was a little strict, but I'm okay. I mean, <laughs> even if you were a little strict, I think even for, you know, you mentioned that Natasha does know your story. You know, I, I, you know, she's a very intelligent person. I think that her learning your story, things will start to make sense, you know, of how things were for you and why, you know, she was raised the way that she was, you know, if there was a yeah. weakness or rigidity or anything like that, it's because you wanted more for her, you know? Yeah. And that, I mean, it comes to light when, cause when you're a kid, all you think is my mom's mean, my mom's strict, yeah. you know, yeah. she's not, my mom won't let me go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and you start to realize things, you know, as you get older, you know, whether good or bad, you know, why your parent did the things that they did and, you know, how it came about and you kind of can learn to understand and because you're your own adult now, you know, yes. and you're, you know, are like, holy shit. Like my mom was doing these things, you know, at my age now, or, you know, whatever it is. And that shit's hard or life is hard, you know, and you start to come for more, um, sympathetic or empathetic view from it. You know? Yes. Just because that you're is going, true. You're going through yeah. your own shit and you're like, how at this point now she was also trying to raise a human. So like, I can only <laughs> right. imagine. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's life is yeah. not easy. And unfortunately, life isn't easy. Unfortunately you were dealt a not good hand, you know, from the get go, Yeah, you know? Yeah. But I mean, so that's my, whole thing on why to circle back to when we first started was that people do change. I, mean, I think I went through several iterations of myself. Mm -hmm. um, and, and just today, you know, I feel, I still, it's interesting. Like I feel menopause is hard by the way. Mm. Just so you know. So when you get there, I don't think we talk enough about it. I don't think we do enough about it. I don't think because there's a 
a lot for me, like a lot of brain fog that makes me feel stupid again, which Mm -hmm. I don't like. That's a real trigger. Mm -hmm. I don't like it at all. So when you get there in your life, I hope by then that we as a society have done more for women's health um, and we're more aware of it and we're talking about it more because it's not easy. I could go on a full tangent of the shit that society does not teach women. It, yeah, it it's pretty crazy. So, nope. I get so yeah. fired up and so angry about yeah. it. Like, yeah. Oh, nobody okay. told me. Nobody yeah. told yeah. me what exactly. to expect. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. it's hard. It's, it's kind of hard. I, I won't lie. The brain fog, the rest I, uh, is like, okay, yeah, big, no big deal. But that that feeling of like, shoot, I don't, did I do that? I don't remember if I did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't like it. It's, it's, but, but, but my point was, that people change significantly. And I, like I said, I've been through several iterations of myself, but I finally feel like myself, like who I truly am doing the work that I believe in. Everything that I do is aligning with what I feel my true identity is. The only bummer is that shame, remorse, guilt, and regret are always lingering, always just there underneath the surface, waiting to, like I used to look in the mirror every day and it would be, you stupid bitch. I fucking hate you. Like that, until 15 years ago. And then every once in a while, I'll still catch myself doing that. And I make myself stop, smile at myself, and say something nice. Like, remember when I had, like, we went through that period of time where every workout that we did, I made you say something nice about yourself? Yeah. (laughs) You can't see it, but I'm flipping her off (laughs) Two fingers. <laughs> and be like, hey, Audrey. Hate that. How do you like say something good about yourself? <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> but I mean, it was, it was something that in that moment, at that period of time that we just needed to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it, it was effective. Mm-hmm. It was painful. But I think, I hope that what people hear is hope. That, that there is an opportunity and I do believe for everyone to get help. And I think there's a lot of resources out there. I know it's hard to, to give in, to surrender, but there are resources. I, I do feel like if you do want help, there is a, there's so many organizations, associations and things out there it's crazy. Obviously for me, AA was the one for me, but I know there's a lot. And I had said earlier about CPS, you know, I know a lot of people think of them in a negative way, but for me, they were a lifeline, you know, and at, at one point I did get to go and, and make us a, a talk about it and tell them how grateful. And they were like, we'd ever hear that Aww, wow. <laughs> you know? yeah. I'm sure they you know, feel like because, the bad guy all the time you know so yeah. I'm sure it was really really refreshing to hear that wow we really helped somebody they really helped because they they didn't just have my daughter in mind they really had about 
her having a parent as well. And that's where that whole idea was introduced to me through them. Like, it's not just about her. It's about getting you to where you can be good for her. Mm, And that was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm in. Where do I sign up? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You think that's possible? That's what I want. So if that you really think that might be possible, I'm I want to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. what you're offering. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. So they were really great. I mean, they were. It was a very short time, but they definitely were giving me the resources to to get there, and then to be able to go to an AA meeting with your child. I mean, hun- this this kid, she went to hundreds. <laughs> hundreds mm-hmm. of of meetings mm-hmm. and you think they're not listening you know and then the oh one day God. she'll be oh, like yeah really? this too shall pass <laughs> like, like oh what? yeah hey thanks five-year-old <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah no I, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah yeah they're listening absolutely um, yeah so so yeah so that's well, pretty much my very story glad to hear that the story obviously because i mean i know you now so i know obviously the yeah. story ended good but um, yeah, we had a, a couple other listeners too that were like, "I hope her story ends good." And I'm like, "Don't worry, it does. Like, <laughs> it does, yeah. it does." Um, yeah. So with AA, you know, you're working in a group, and it's kind of like group therapy, right? Okay. Did you ever? I'm just curious if you ever did any like inner child therapy work, you know, with someone who specializes in that. Have you ever done that? No, and I don't know. I I I will say that that like I was saying when we first started that I definitely have an ism. Mm. Like I was saying, where I overate the oranges, or I over like so. I I will say that I do have an ism of work. Ism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I I do tend to throw myself into things mm. very. Um, very compulsively. Um, so I, I have thought about doing, I tried a couple therapists. I did try a couple therapists. I just felt like they, it wasn't the right ones for me. Sure. Um, but I do know other people that have had very successful. And so I feel kind of re-encouraged to, to do that. Yeah. And I would like at one point when I retire to spend some time on myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think you because part of, part of, part of not feeling bad about myself was to become so successful. Yeah. So I became so work successful, so successful that then that was almost an obsession unto itself. Like I was working obsessively and I still work obsessively as you know but so I knew I know that once that is away because if there's a weekend or something I get really grumpy very irritable like I don't know how to just be right because as soon as I do that cassette oh my god it still plays how is that possible so I know that when when and I realized that I realized that my saying, I'll do it when, mm. 
Mm. It's pretty lame. But I do intend to do it lame. And, and like I said, I have seen recently people be do some very successful therapy. Um, it's. I think it's a matter of finding the right person. Yeah, I think it's like a relationship, basically. Like, it's not, yeah. not every therapist is going to be the right fit. Yeah, so I believe that I would like to, to do that yeah. in the future. But for today... For today, yeah, I'm I'm a little worried about when I retire. To be honest, I'm a little you'll worried be with yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it scares me to think of all that time <laughs> to think. Okay. Because even when I take time off, it's it's like, oh, let's rehash that. Right. I remember when yeah. you did that. Uh, uh. you really are gross you're disgusting you're a piece of shit so I know I have to address that so I'm going to change the subject a little bit what are things that do bring you joy what are like happy things like what are things you really love doing what do you like when you I tell you I'm so grateful for being alive (laughs) that (laughs) A lot brings me joy. The very simple things. Very simple things. I love to exercise. I love to be outside. I love animals. I love sunshine. I love flowers. I love swimming. I love I love riding motorcycles. I love riding bicycles. I like the lake. I like pretty much everything. That's the good news. Like I'm so grateful for it that I, I have, I have a very good capacity for joy, mm-hmm. which important. is what That's... can sometimes be so weird, <laughs> you know, cause yeah. you're, you're almost like, you know, it's odd. Like if we go back to that idea of the picture, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part now it's filled with, with joy and happiness or, or even content being content but the bottom half of that jar or that yes, yeah. pitcher is still that ick. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I would like to get rid of that ick. I don't want to go to the end of my life with, with that baggage. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Well, but I, I am a, hap- a happy person who, mm-hmm. who is one slip away from self-hatred it's weird mm. yeah so well, yeah that's, that's why I like where, weekends I'm always like ah yeah like, ah, I think that that's ah. where the AA is still relevant Definitely. you know mm-hmm. I think that you know you mentioned like when I asked you like eventually you would like to do you know the therapy that would address that kind of stuff you know yeah and I mean, it's shitty when you're in it. I mean, oh God, every time like you just, you leave feeling almost worse or something afterwards, but you know that you have to like get in the depths of it, you know, in order yeah. to come out of it. And it's, it's going to be shitty for a little while and then you get yeah. better. But yeah, you know, what I think though is like you focus on those joy things, you know, that 
really bring you happiness too at the same time. You know, when retirement hits and it will, <laughs> you know, yeah. go ride your motorcycle, go walk on the beach, yeah. with, you know, your dog, that kind of stuff to like yeah. counteract the, <laughs> the that not cassette. The, yeah. 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 Call but me and I'll little... make you say one good thing about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Don't you dare. <laughs> but yeah. But I, so I hope people realize that there is hope, even in the depth of despair, there is hope. And my, my advice to all women is do not spend time with someone who doesn't make you feel amazing because good advice. it is life is too effing short, too short. So I'm dying to hear who I can set Mandy up with. <laughs> Yeah, cool. I, mean, I just have, want to make that happen. We'll probably have to do a whole episode about that. <laughs> we need a whole episode. We need a whole episode. Yeah, I need a list. I need a list of pros and cons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because we are like your your pool is only so big, right? Of single yeah, people yeah. that you know, right? And yeah. so, yeah, we need to broaden the pool since yeah, um, I'm in. Yes. She's, yeah. she's she's open. Yeah. You know. I think there's a lot of beauty in being alone. I think that that does strengthen you. And it's not a, a judgment to people that haven't spent a time alone. But I can say for myself, the time that I spent alone was so empowering. Mm-hmm. It was shocking. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you agree, I Andy? Do, I do agree. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. For the listeners, there was an exchange of looks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! Well, you know, I just think that your story is it because of the obstacles that you have overcome as a person and how real you are about even saying that there are things that you still struggle with. I think like, I think your openness is so refreshing and so amazing. Cause you hear a lot of these stories where people, you know, have come out on the other side and they don't, mm-hmm. they don't talk about the other part of like, I still have lingering shame or like, mm-hmm. these, like lingering yeah. feelings of self doubt. It's always like, I am now this motivational speaker and I'm amazing and I have overcome yeah, right, everything. Right. I'm past it and I don't have to keep doing anything at all. Right. Yeah. I'm just yeah. fine. I'm no more work better. for me. I'm just fine. <laughs> I am a finished product. Like that. Yeah. Like, shut up. Whereas for you, like you are, I love how you are so willing to say, like, I am still a work in progress and there are still things that hurt me and, you know, I still want to work on myself and I just... I cannot be more thankful for you telling your story. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not an easy story. Make me cry again. It's not an easy story to tell. And I just think that you are so strong to even tell us, you know, and I, again, I know I said it in the last episode, but thank you so much for feeling safe enough to, you know, yeah. tell us. And You know, I adore you. I, I, I love you so much, you know, so <laughs> I, it just really made me feel really special that you felt okay to share thank with you us and you know our two listeners that we <laughs> 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 you know, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. But yeah, no, I really appreciate you. And I maybe one Likewise. it really one day, like I think that you should write a book or something, man, because I just think that you you just I obviously I've not struggled with, you know, drugs and alcohol, but it still can take pieces of your story and like mm-hmm. like apply them. It's a powerful. It's, yeah. it's a powerful story. Yeah. yeah. So I just I, I would actually love to write a book. I love to write. You mentioned that you wrote a lot in AA. I love to write. Did you keep all that by chance? Yes. So I actually have re- kept it all. Yes. So you could use I that. I figured that was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. I put in a lot of work into this. I'm yeah. keeping it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, years. Years yeah. of work. Yeah, years and sure. years. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Thank yeah. you so much again. We're yeah. very thank grateful. You both. Very thank down. you for having me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Okay. So. Anytime. Wow. That, that was something. That was a lot. Yeah. I love her for it. She's, I'm really glad that she told her story and that hopefully people hear it and feel like they're not alone. Yeah. And that they can come through it. Yeah. That they're inspired or, you know, just maybe hold their loved ones a little closer, you know, and ask if they need help with their homework. That's right. You know, that sort of thing. All right, shall we, uh, Rosebud Thorn? Uh, yeah. Let's. Um, what is your thorn today? Um, I don't know what, I don't. You don't have to have one? I don't know that I have a thorn. Good. This week. Nice. Oh, yes, I do. Just thought of it. Just when you Just think the cup is half full. And I can't, I guess, I, I think I blocked it out. Oh. I had two vomit <laughs> uh, instances at work this week. Oof. And uh, I don't do well with that. So um, I'd rather deal with poop than vomit. Same. Yeah. 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 So that's de- that was my thorn for sure. <laughs> One, that they were sick. Sorry, that, I'm laughing. <laughs> I mean. It's ridiculous. Uh, doesn't happen often. So the fact that it happened twice to me in one week was mm, oof. brutal, man. Just thinking about it makes my stomach turn. <laughs> the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. The heebie-jeebies. All right. What is your bud? What are you looking forward to? What are you learning? What are you working um, on? So my birthday is this week. Woohoo! January 19th, if anyone <laughs> wants to wish her happy birthday. <laughs> um, yeah. So looking forward to lots of family and friend time. This, this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what is your rose? That I'm doing really well with my consistency. With can Hold on. Let me say that <laughs> word again. Consistency. There it is. <laughs> um, with my, my nutrition and my, my workout plan that we've got going on. You've been spot on. Yeah. Spot I've been doing on. really, really well with it. I'm very um, proud of you. I don't see, I mean, it hasn't been very long. I don't see any differences, but I can, I feel like I'm, I'm starting to feel it though. Yay. Oh, you know? good. Yeah. So still, well, still weeks. super tired. Still super tired. Well, <laughs> that's going to be for a while. But. but, um, but yeah, feeling good. Yeah. Cause you're two weeks in. Yeah. And yeah, you're just the consistency so far 
is, like I said, spot on. So the fact that you're already starting to feel a little bit better is great. And then, you know, the seeing the difference will come in. But I'm just, I'm so happy and excited that it's working for you, yeah. you know, and that you're, you're on it. You're on your shit, man. I'm on my shit. I'm trying. Yay. Um, what is your thorn? My thorn is, it's a little more than a thorn. Okay. Um, or it deserves more than just a, oh, this is just a thorn. Um, I'm going to cry. Um, our good friend Jackie lost her aunt Susan this last week. And she was an incredible human. And I just, I, I just feel really sad for their family. Definitely. And she always made me feel like, one of the fam and, you know, always greeted me with such a big hug and, you know, always was laughing and joking and, you know, again, just such a light in the world. And she listened to our podcast every single week, <laughs> every single week. And so I'm just really sad um, to have lost her. And I'm very sad for Jackie and her family. And, yeah. you know, my heart just goes out to them. The world has lost a good one. So yeah. that is, I mean, it's way more that's than a thorn. Way more than a thorn, but. But that's yeah. what's. Yeah. That was my bad thing this week and for sure. will be for a while. So. Yeah. That's what that is. Mm. But, um, my bud. <laughs> like, how do we even move on from that? You know what? She, one of the things though, is she would, she want, she always wanted people to laugh and, you know, have fun and, you know, so I think she would be like. Shut up. What's your bud? <laughs> so, tell me something good. No. What are you looking forward to? Okay. Um, so I am looking forward to um, my trip to the East Coast. I just booked my ticket. And I'll be going there in March. Because um, I guess I can say it because she announced it on Instagram. But um, my older sister is having a baby. Yeah. Yeah, and so I will be going for her. Um, it's a baby shower, but not a baby shower because she didn't want a lame, boring baby shower. <laughs> so it's just going to be a fun get-together with family to celebrate, you know, the, the newcomer coming in soon. So exciting. Yeah, so I'm looking Auntie forward. Amber! Yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking because I don't like the, the word aunt. I, I say aunt because that's what I said growing up, and I don't like aunt either. So... I uh, I want to be called something else, and I just haven't figured out what I want to be called yet. <laughs> I was okay. like, I was googling. Um, okay. Like TT is a super common one. TT is a super common one. Um, I wouldn't mind that one. Um, I was looking at this ridiculous list of different things that they can call you instead of aunt, and it was the most insane list. It was yeah. like, um. It was so obs- just obscure. Like one of the things was funfetti. <laughs> funfetti. <laughs> and so I'm like, I can be called funfetti. <laughs> I don't even understand. I, just, what, I don't what? know. I have no idea. It was like, I mean, it totally I works for the, you because you're <laughs> sprinkles. Okay, she's a sprinkle lover, everyone. <laughs> um, uh, I don't understand it, but okay. I don't know. It was like a category of like things that they could call you instead of super <laughs> random. But I mean, I guess it's like you know, grandparents are named 
a lot of them are like the super things. weirdest, the weirdest things. Yeah. That make zero sense. So why not? Why, why not? Why can't aunties and uncles have the same? Funfetti. Here I come. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, that's my bad. I'm going to the East Funfetti. Coast. Yeah. Yeah. That's bizarre. But all right. Yeah. I can dig it. All yeah. right. Yeah. What's your, uh, what's your rose? My rose is I am getting four more chickens today. Speaking of Jackie, they're from her. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, her and Eric don't want chicken poop all over their yard anymore because the boys are becoming more yeah. mobile outside. Makes and, sense. You know, so she's like, the girls are getting the boot. Do you want them? And I was <laughs> like, sure. So, so I'm leaving here and picking up four chickens. I was like, I cannot guarantee that they will survive because <laughs> obviously my, my chickens have died except for my one. Who... Okay, I'm, I'm. We're already obviously always worried about her. Yeah. But bringing her into a pack of four chickens that know each other. I have no idea. I'm gonna introduce them slowly. She'll still sleep in the house. Okay. For a while, and then maybe she'll feel accepted enough, or they'll be nice enough to her that she can go live out. I feel like with it's them. not gonna take much for them to uh, make her uh, even more unwell. I know. I know. <laughs> So poor solo. Honestly, honestly, <laughs> I foresee four chickens in the coop and one still living. Yeah, she does. All right, so, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. To uh, my husband's dismay, but you know, <laughs> is, it is what it is. Yep. So yeah, right. that's what I. Um, that, that's something good. Okay. Um, what are you watching right now? Anything new? Yeah, actually, oh. I found a show on Netflix called Louder Milk. <laughs> That's a weird name. It's a super weird name. It's the guy's, it's the main character's last name. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, so he is uh, a recovering addict. Okay. And so basically the show, a, a lot of it revolves around him and his meetings. He's the leader of this AA group or I don't know, whatever kind of anonymous group it is. Okay. Um, it was good. It had it has three. Se- I binged them already. Wow! Um, it's a short one. They're they're like 30, 30 Well, and episodes. you've been walking on your treadmill, so and I've been walking. So not like yeah. you've been sitting on your ass. So you've been Netflixing exactly. and walking. Isn't exactly. That our new hashtag: Netflix and walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I like it. Um, but yeah, it's pretty good. And then okay. my all the you know all the normal ones. Sure. That I've been watching weekly. Okay. Yeah. Nice. How about you? Anything new? Yes. Also, oh. um, well, it's new to me. Okay. Not new to the world. Okay. Um, six Feet Under. So one of my clients said that she was binging it. And I was like, is it good? And she's like, yeah, it's good. So I gave it a shot. It's on HBO Max. Okay. It was uh, released in 2001. Oh, damn. And it's Michael C. Hall, who plays um, Dexter. Oh, okay. Dexter Morgan. Yeah. But obviously he's not Dexter Morgan in the show. Um, and then Peter Krause. Yes. From Brothers and Sisters things. and like, yeah, a lot of things. Uh, currently he's on 911. Okay. Yeah. So he's in it as well. And they are a family who runs a funeral home. Oh. All it's, right. They've just got kind of bizarre lives and it's pretty good. All right. So right now I'm on season one, and it's currently 2001. Yeah. So the okay. fashion, okay. the phones are oh, yeah. all very oh, of, yeah. of the time, you know. So, <laughs> but that's currently what I'm watching. That's great. Yeah. 
So that's great. Yeah. All okay. good there. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, thank you guys for listening to Audrey and next week we'll probably have just a, a regular old relatable ramble. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. A regular old. A regular old. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for Bye, listening. Everybody. Bye.